Go ahead. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hooking Up. Dave Merkel here with my good, good colleague, Adam Flores. Hello. Sam Merkel's in the background. My wonderful wife. His wonderful wife, not ours. It sounded like you said ours. That's said mine. Oh. Hello, everybody. Uh, change of scenery. So, what are you calling this place? My house is the FTC. Ronnie's place is Lazarus Bay. We need a... We'll work on that for the next one. Okay. So, we got to think of a name for this fine establishment. Um, let's get into it. Welcome to Hooking Up. Episode 5? 4 or 5. I think I think 4. I think 5. Really? Yeah. Jesus. We did one... Our, one of the one, first one, one you and me. I think we did two you with Rodney. You, did we do two worth? Yeah, that's right. And then another one you and me, and now there's the fifth one. Oh, wow. Jesus. Oh, cool. So, yeah, starting a nice little trend here. Uh, this is just more of a bonus episode than oh, anything. Call this the hawk's nest. Ooh, there you go. Hear that or... Uh, the firehouse. Ah, yes. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> I like where you went there. Dave's a huge Ghostbuster fan, so... Huge. Which is... I was so upset, I missed... Uh, the firehouse nest. One of the um, comics groups, I think it was Comicsology, was having, like, the entire collection of all the IDW Ghostbuster series. Oh, wow. For, like, something stupid. It was, like, three seventy-five, And I'm like, I need to do that. And then, like, it was one of those this day only. Oh. Totally missed out on it. Speaking of this day only, uh, quick shout out to Nelson for buying tickets for uh, him, my father, and myself to go watch Enter the Dragon one night only in one theater only, one show. Um, Enter the Dragon is a Bruce Lee movie from 1973 that my dad introduced us to and we all love, so we're going to go check that out. My first time ever seeing it in the theater. Are you going to the Chinese theater? I don't think so, but that'd be pretty cool. Really appropriate, except I think he was Japanese, right? No, he was Chinese. Oh, okay, cool. Very much. Well, he's American, of Chinese oh, yeah. descent. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you're the host. What are we talking about today? <laughs> wow. I'm really trying to push that on Dave now. Yeah, you are. Because this is going to be real freeform and meandering. Because we don't have topics. The one that came to mind was I actually had two. Another one. Uh, favorite and least favorite costume changes for our, your the characters you like. So for, okay, so for the Hulk. Has he ever had many other than different pants? I know he's gotten a couple of the, well, what, I didn't, uh, I didn't like the molecule pants Reed Richards gave him? No, that, besides that, I didn't care for the ponytail Hulk. There was a ponytail Hulk? Yeah, for a while he had a, he had slick back hair and, and like a man bun ponytail. That's not worse than the Amadeus Cho hipster mohawk. Oh, that drives, to me that's not the Hulk as far as I'm concerned. I don't even get how they transferred it to him. I don't know. I've, have you read any of that? I, I have not. I have, I've been a bad nerd lately. I haven't been reading comic books whatsoever. It's so hard to give your money to shit that you just don't care about. Exactly. That's the thing. Is like they're creating, they're changing all these characters, and I want to give them a shot. And the last time I did it was with the Marvel Now Tony Stark Iron Man series. But even after 10, I was like, when they introduced his, his brother, and I'm putting air quotes up, Arno Stark, I was like, what the hell's going on right now? Originally, Arnold Stark was supposed to be his nephew. And then he became the Iron Man of 2020. I have the trade paperback. Mm-hmm. So, for the Hulk, it'd be that. Uh, my second favorite superhero, as everyone knows, is Green Lantern. 
I like the change that they made where it's not like a leotard that he's wearing anymore. Like, it's just the green part just comes down to a point yeah. right below his navel. So, I like that costume change. But I don't like the change of the Green Lantern symbol. Like, I like almost the two block lines, the circle, and, and that's it. Some not the angled, chiseled Green Lantern symbol. Some of those really... Uh, work for me. I guess they don't offend me so much because if you're gonna with Tony with Tony Stark, with Hal Jordan, even with his updated costume, you can still use the shall we say retro or yeah. original logo. Um, but like when Kyle Rayner came around, you know he had one issue where he wore the costume that was Hal Jordan's, the traditional Green Liner costume. That was his first issue. Yes, the I think it's a little in the second. Yeah. Well, no, it was it was the. It was the first issue that he was actually Green Lantern. Yeah. That he he put the ring on. She's like, oh, make a costume. And it looked exactly like Hal Jordan's. And she's like, oh, it's too much like the old one. Everyone kept thinking new, it was Hal Jordan. You should survive. do a new spin on it. And he did the one with the real boxy mask and shit. I never really cared for that one. Actually, I was probably one of the few people, um, of course, with the 90s, everything being extreme. The gauntlets on the hands. Um, I didn't hate it. I had that action figure. I like when he redid it later on. Yeah. When he started dating Jade and stuff, and I was happy he always kept. It's called the crab. They call it the crab mask because it kind of looks like a horseshoe crab body. Oh, I can see that. And uh, I like that even after in the Blackest Night when he had the different rings. Yeah. He even when he went had the blue ring, the blue lantern ring, he still retained the crab mask. I think I think every costume Hal Jordan's had I've liked. So there's really nothing. Even even the parallax with the cape I cared for. The original, without yeah. the stupid fang teeth. Yeah. He looked like just straight badass yeah. with the armor. I mean, because originally he didn't have a cape. In the first issue where he turned into par- when he had the parallax form, it, yeah. there wasn't a cape there. And I thought the costume looked cool. Adding the cape just made it more stoic in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so, for me, it like of, I said, Hal Jordan never really missed a beat with me. I'm always a like, big thing of the, you know, capes. Do they actually work on superheroes? Is it just like a liability in a fight? When they made the cape, I guess because he already had basically like an armor style costume now, and it, because he was a loner, it kind of worked, you know? Yeah. He was out it, there on his own. And he was standing off from just the Green Lantern, like a different Green Lantern costume. Yeah. Um, Alright, so what are yours then? Uh, okay. So your two favorites are Venom and... Well, yeah, the... the Eddie Brock Venom and Hal yeah. Jordan, right? Yeah, and I would I will delve in a little bit on Spider Man and a couple other things like Iron Man. Okay. Uh, Venom, I've always been the Todd McFarlane. I like him to be bulkier. I don't like the head elongated. No. Uh, I think it, during a big series, it was one of the many miniseries because for a while Venom just did miniseries after miniseries after miniseries. Uh, it was License to Kill and the Trial of Venom. He had a very elongated head. Almost like Sinestro. I think that was more based off of the artist style yeah, more know, than anything. But I hated it. And his head is longer. Thing, is any anytime anytime an artist takes liberties liberties to I mean and, and not all of them are bad. I mean Jim Lee changed the X Men universe forever when he redid the costumes for the X Men. Um, but uh, but before I digress, and then um, I'm not sure who the artist was, but for my prototypical art typical Venom will always be the Venom that you saw in Maximum Carnage Separation Anxiety Mark Bagley yes yes I would shake that man's hand and I would I would love to get a comic signed by him I think Nelson got a couple signed by him that's, um, that's really cool That yeah that's the quintessential Venom as far yes. as I'm concerned um, 
the Agent Flash Venom, it grew on me. I will never say it was in my favorite things. Better than the it, Scorpion one, the Matt Gardner. Oh, one. that was terrible. For me, it was all the eyes. I don't like the white people inside of the white shading on the face. Yeah. I always just like, even uh, the Scarlet Spider, he had very big white lenses on his face. Yeah. For yeah, I like that a lot. red suit with the blue hoodie. I like, I, I, I think Scarlet Spider, that design is very, very underrated. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought it, it was also that it was, again, very 90s, but it worked for the guy that was grudgingly accepting that he had powers, knew that he was, thought, you know, knew he was a clone, but still wanted to do some good. You know who's had some shitty costumes? It's Superboy. Because it started off super 90 with the circle Glass. rimmed glasses, the leather jacket. That didn't bother me. I thought, like, for Superboy and obviously but, in the 90s, but it does But it, it doesn't work for now. No. Like, it's not a costume that would stay. And then from that, he made a transition to the black t-shirt with the red Superman S and jeans. Yes. And I'm like, that's not a fucking superhero costume. What killed me was his face is, like, completely different. Like, you wouldn't know. Like, I actually had to look up. I'm like, are they the same clone? Yeah, it's still both Connell. Yeah, or Connor Kent. Yeah. But I was like, wow, he just doesn't even look like no. the same character anymore. I mean, he cut his hair and stuff. But even the face just looks completely different. I mean, Superboy was big, um, especially around the Marvel vs. DC era. And that was when you had a lot of change in character styles. Uh, Thor had that whack fucking costume with the fingerless gloves and shit like that. Aquaman was, that, was, was the Was that Thor hair. or was that Thunderstrike? That was Thor. Thor did, yikes. Thor's had a lot of questionable, you like. Thor looks better to me the more Norse they try to get his look. Like, um. I do support them kind of getting rid of the helmet. The 1408 Thor, I think, is the shit. Because Can't his, offhand. his, uh, his cape looked like fur, almost. And, like, the plating on his on his garb was really really ornate that sounds very similar to uh, King Thor in the universe where Thor has gone on to replace a de- uh, deceased Odin yes um, but uh, since we're you know we jumped to Scar- you know, the Scarlet Spider uh, Spider-Man I'm probably the minority in this when Ben Riley took over for Peter Parker I really liked that Spider-Man costume yeah I mean, Spider Spider-Man's a hitter. I mean, I'm. I know. I'm never gonna say I'm a big Spider-Man. Uh, you fan, showed though. me the new costume he's definitely gonna have. I don't probably for like an issue or two. Uh, that looks more like his uh, big-time costume. It's predominantly black, red spider emblem. I do not like the Black Widow triangles on the palms. I don't. No, I don't see that's the point. never been part of your costume. Why are you putting it in there now? It's every every few years they try to reinvent the wheel. Spider-Man's costume, and like it lasts for a few months, and, and somebody clamors for the old one and goes back. The best Spider-Man costume is going to be the black one. Yeah, hands down. Hands down, the end-all, be-all. The Spider-Man Noir. Is an amazing costume. Spider-Man 299, amazing costume. Oh, yeah. Grossly underrated. When they change it to, like, a red and white style, yeah. I didn't like that. It, even, I, even I, the, it grew on me, but I was like, no, bring back... Even the Future Foundation Spider-Man I liked. Basically, it was just an inverse of the black costume. Yeah. And it, it works. You know, it works in a lot of ways, and if you're going to keep one of them, you know, I didn't mind that transition. 
Uh, let's see, for Iron Man, uh, I liked... Uh, let's see. I like the Scarlet Centurion all day. The Scarlet Centurion is a really good one. I would like to. I'm surprised no one has tried to do an update. You know, we had him in the red and black one on Marvel now, and uh, I didn't really care for that. I liked that it was modular and made of almost like a synthetic alloy, yeah. which I really felt like they kind of ripped off with the Superior Iron Man after he got inverted. And he basically based the suit off of a symbiote. Uh, it was all white. I thought that was terrible looking. It looked like Iron Man brought to you by Apple. So who's your favorite X-Men character? My favorite X-Men character would be the 1990s you saw in the cartoon uh, Cyclops. Really? Um, I th that is when I think of... I remember I had the action figure. I loved it. Did you press the button? His visor yep, lit up. Yep, I had the same one. Um... I think I had I had the X Factor one too, where it was blue, all blue and white, and the giant sex. Yeah, I don't like the hair covered. I don't look see. Like, I I do. I know you do. But even, to me, it looks the, like he's wearing a body cap. Even when when they went back to it with the Astonishing X Men, I thought that was fucking awesome. The 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 style for Astonishing X Men looked <clears throat> sick. Like the just the yellow piping on it. It wasn't, you know, eighty six different pouches and and belts and stuff. Like it was just. Here's Cyclops. Like he stands out as a streamlined leader. But then again, I also liked it because the cartoon series, etc., portrayed him as that leader, not the later, always second fiddle to Wolverine. See, my favorite X-Men character is Beast. <clears throat> um, of course, there's a classic Beast, even the Human Beast I liked. Uh, but I think my favorite Beast to this day is the Avengers Beast where he was almost gray. See, that you gotta be careful with that because now you're treading on Dark Beast. Well, this was, this was like in the 70s. Oh, really? Like, yeah, when he was on like Avengers uh, for a little while, he he always kind of looked like he was smiling and he was more grayish color and I really liked that one a lot as well. Now you're saying he was always looked like he was always smiling. I'm assuming the character was more happy-go-lucky or yeah, we're not yeah. talking like his face was constantly construed in a smirk like no, Joker, no, 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 no. Oh man, are we gonna are we gonna touch on the fucking Joker today? We will touch on it. Um, <laughs> let's stick with this. Um, who else? Uh, least favorite Iron Man arm would probably be the yellow and black. Um, I was never overly crazy about. Um, you guys, excuse my wife saw a uh, GMC. Uh, SUV and it had a joke the Joker's face from the Dark Knight and it said why so serious and bright green letterings oh boy always comes back to that fucking Heath Ledger Joker because uh, no, I think it comes back to uh, Jack Nicholson just as easily yeah um, so this, this is more like how they always had Beast and oh, okay. Avengers okay very Beast like you know just it's beast being beast. That's that's all you need in this world. Um, man, worst Iron Man costume. Notwithstanding shit like the really during the nineties, where they had like the hydro armor. Yeah, I mean. Also, I didn't care for the stealth one very much. Yeah, it was pretty plain. The the, the updated stealth armors I thought were pretty good. Um, but I mean, again, there's only so much you can do with a jet black costume. 
Uh, let's see. I didn't, I didn't, uh, before I jumped into it, I didn't really care for the Iron Man costume where he didn't have a mouth slit. Like, even like the, the yeah. cartoon one. Like, it was a cool costume, but there was no mouthpiece. Yeah, I like during, after the onslaught thing where they, Tony was under control of uh, Krang. Mm. And uh, they brought back his younger Tony Stark and he wore what was called the retro armor. It had, like, the at the top of the face it was pointed, like the gold yeah. shield pointed. And it also had, like, kind of a pointing to the back of the head a little bit. Uh, I thought that looked good. I didn't like the reborn one where it had, like, the vent. Oh, the Prometheum that, armor? Yeah, I didn't care for the vents I in the see, back. That really grew on me. I don't how do you sit anywhere with that shit on? <laughs> Barstool? <laughs> but, but, okay, so... There's another one, um... I want to say mid to late 90s. It was when... Uh, Morgan Le Fay took over and they went back in time to the medieval period. Uh, that Captain America was god-awful, but... Iron Man looked cool. It was just like a, a straight uh, gold face. Almost looked like... You, you read Christ on Infinite Earths, right? Yes. It almost looked like the Medusa mask that uh, Psycho Pirate wore. Oh, okay. It looked okay. a lot like that. But in that, in the real world, you can see like Tony Stark's eyes actually in the Iron Man mask you at all that, times. You saw that many times. It was George Perez drawn. I mean, I love George Perez. He arguably does some of the best comic book art period and it, it it really sucks that he's getting so old that he's not able to freeform art the same way that he once did yeah but it, it i mean there's only so much somebody can do in their lifetime he has arguably some of the best covers i, I can't think of anybody that can do a splash page with as many characters as well as he does and still pay close attention to detail and that's where I felt like the 90s covers actually as, as extreme as the 90s were. You had a lot more special covers, not just artistically speaking, but you had like the foil imprints or the texturing to the covers. The yeah, we were talking about that before, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's where, I, that's where I almost feel like the 90s did kind of one-up on current what we have. All right. Or even the ones that had like the, you tilted at different angles, it changed. Yeah. And you could actually, they'd use, they smartly used that glue that you could peel it off and it wouldn't damage the original cover. No, it's okay. okay. Um, what else did you want to talk about? I know you had another topic. Um, oh, biggest story arc that you had big expectations for, okay. and it just let you down. So biggest letdown, and, and but well, all right. So biggest letdowns to me, story wise, and in terms of comics, of course, there's brightest day, even though I'm wearing the white lantern shirt right now. For all intents and purposes, was the biggest letdown. Uh, besides that, man, biggest letdown I, I would have to say is uh, right after, or right when the Hulk was trying to figure out, uh, Doc Samson said that there was a different personality for each Hulk. That was rough to see, only because the Hulk didn't need a shit ton of different characters. Um, there was like a clown Hulk, and they were essentially saying there was a Hulk for every single personality trait of his, and that really sucked to see. Hold on, guys, I'm just going to pause it real quick. Oh, no, wait, Dave's back. So I was saying um, there's a Hulk for every personality. I don't know the name of the storyline, but 
that was kind of rough to see. What about you? I said Brightest Day in, in the Hulk. Brightest Day has to be, for me, uh, one of the biggest letdowns. Probably, I want to say because it was a victim of the success of Green Lantern Time with the Blackest Nights. Mm-hmm. But it just, it could, it, I feel like they shouldn't even have used the title Brightest Day because it really wasn't a Green Lantern story. No. And it's, they try to promo, like push Dead Man to pro, like, prominence. I mean, we meant, we talked about this before, how much I, I like that man because of Kingdom Come, so I don't want to rehash that one uh, too much. So, before I forget, um, jumping out of that medium to a different one, I was looking at E3 trailers for video games. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the No Man's Sky, or what? What's no Man's Sky, yeah. So, No Man's Sky gameplay and, and so stuff like, like that. 1.9 quintillion planets to yeah. discover. So for those that, that don't know, this is basically just a... You're in a ship and you fly to through the galaxy to different planets. Harvesting things to then go back and trade and sell. And, and the whole... Po- the whole... My brother was telling me the whole reasoning behind it is there should be enough shit that two people probably don't even see one another. Like, Ever. Yeah. Like you could go from planet to planet and you won't even cross paths with people. It's cool in theory. I don't know I don't know if I'd pay sixty dollars for that game though. I would if it gives you the option, like if you have the game and I have the game, that we could link up and explore together. Or if you can like establish your own like space station for your ship. So like things you find you can store there. And, you know, it would have a set coordinate so your friends could come there. Yeah. My my other thing is I don't need PV, I don't need Peaver Peaver P. I don't need to be sh- taking. Uh, apparently, you know, you're not supposed to. You're not even shooting at people. That's fine. You know, give us a new take. We've had enough first-person shooters. Destiny was a in that respect. Destiny on their story was a big letdown for that. But see that okay. So, I don't think this game needs to be first-person. If you're, especially if you're not going to be shooting stuff, do you need it as a first-person mode game? Or I, don't, I don't think you need it. Uh, like third, th- third person over the shoulder, I think, would have been... I think they should have gone the Fallout route where you can select between the two. Because I definitely think when you explore a new planet, I think being in first-person view would um, give it a little more weight or impact to seeing the planet, seeing these creatures running around... The I, I get. And yeah, I get. And I get. They're trying animals. to get it that you're there. Yeah. And you're exploring. I hope you could personalize your character and stuff like that at least. I think also, it's possibly going to have VR support for the PlayStation that would be cool. VR. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So I could see them lending it to that, or at least, at least you know, it, the code's already there. When the VR drops, they'd be like, "Oh, hey, enter this code, and if you have the game, you have the first, you have the VR coding now too." It'd be cool if I can use my my VR goggles that I already have. Yeah, it would be cool. I doubt they're gonna go that route. You know, because too much software te- def- differences. I yeah. I think you really need the PlayStation because they've geared it for PlayStation. I would say you probably get a patch later on, but its performance might be spotty. Um, another game that I'm really excited for, that I've been waiting fucking years oh, for this game, years for this PlayStation game. Three. Uh, the Last Guardian. The same company that made 
Shadow of the Colossus and Ico. Or Ico, depending on how oh, you want to pronounce it. It's a, it was a beautiful looking game for PS3. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they revamped it even more for PS4. And I was looking at the trailer and the gameplay of it, and it's fucking just gorgeous. Just a gorgeous game. And I really hope that the, uh, the graphics don't exceed the gameplay of it. Because they make fun games that you have to think to play. It's not, you're not gonna, I don't think you're gonna be running around fighting people like crazy. Um, that's not what their games tend to be about. It's more about problem solving and here's, you know, an enemy, find a way to defeat it. And I hope they go, they go, keep that, that trend going because you really get more of a chance to absorb your surroundings that way. See, the thing that worried me, like, I never played either one of them, Eco or Shadow of the Colossus. Eco to me, always just seemed like one big escort mission. And, it is. And I hate those. I hate to worry about the life bar of a character that, if the AI sucks, they're going to just randomly run into the enemies. I, instead of trying to take cover and stay back from the fight. It's going to happen, but that's, that's <clears> part of the part of the appeal is you have to you know knock you have to leave her behind run knock some stuff over hit a chain it's going to move something over then you have to hurry go pick her up and like while you're doing all that she might be getting attacked so then you got to go back save her then bring her back around and it's to me it's a complete worth it as long as it's not like you've got like 45 seconds to you know between defeating the enemies that may or may not be attacking her to go go back to continue. If it takes me three cycles of running back, defending her, go do a couple more steps in this task, go back, defend her. I, you, I can't you, have. Yeah, that. you might not like this game. No, because it's gonna drive me nuts. I mean, but Shadow of the Colossus is is <clears throat> no that yeah I watched you play that. So much fun. I give it full credit. It doesn't seem to be my type of game, but I really should give it a try. Uh, I think everyone needs to play that game once. I think maybe like when I know I'm gonna take like a three day weekend or something, uh, I might buy it, borrow it from you. It's a very involved game, not so much in terms of, you know, I'm gonna spend all this time. It's more you want like when you do defeat uh, one of the colossus, you get that sense of pure accomplishment because it's each each guy takes like twenty minutes to beat because you have to figure out okay how am I gonna where's the weak point yeah. How do I exploit this? How do I jump onto it? Yeah, the fact that you're like the flying creature I watched you play fight, and you're actually on top of him and trying to stay on there before he throws you off. Awesome. I thought that was very, it was a really well played out mechanic, and it's not like you're spending more of your time keeping your balance. Because like, just for example, on Uncharted 1, because when it came out, PlayStation had the 6 axis, PlayStation 3 had the 6 axis controllers. Mm -hmm. So like you're walking across a log over a canyon, and then you have to balance the controller if you go too much to the right you start slipping to the right too much to the left fall to the left it's the physics of it I think is what makes it an appealing game oh yeah because it's not it's nothing as easy as hey I gotta jump on this guy and kill him like you, you only have so much grip strength you only have so much uh, <coughs> timing before I mean you could you could be playing against this guy for like an hour yeah and the final boss is so fucking difficult so difficult because he's shooting uh he's shooting you with you know some kind of energy blast and you have to dodge it get between another thing get between another thing it's he's not even really moving he's just a giant tower and you have to get under like his what 
appears to be like a skirt thing and you climb up that. It's like a kilt. Yes. But the, but the, uh, the, the irony of it is, spoiler alert for those that have never played and or beaten the game, is you end up basically being a bad guy. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, like that's a cool payoff, you know? Because you're like, what's the end all thing? Like, oh, you save a princess, blah, blah, blah. It's a classic thing, but... If you never saw it coming, if they didn't typecast it, then that's that's really cool. That's a nice twist. Yeah. Uh, what was that other game that I sent you that I was like, wow, the, you know, the trailer for it looks fucking uh, sick. Detroit, Detroit Become Human? Yeah. I was like, what is this game? Like, it's genius. If It, it feels like a continuation of Ex Machina. Really? Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for it? Oh, Sam's going to bed. You can say something. <laughs> Have a good night. Um, I watched the trailer for it, but I'm really... I know I was impressed by it. I was like... But my thing is, what's the game? I have no idea. It was a very cryptic trailer. Yeah, I'm like, are you playing as her? Are you playing as people trying to hunt these people down? Because at that point, it becomes like Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh... But just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous looking game. Yes, I totally agree with that. And and it it intrigued me enough to want it. Which is good. I mean, I think this was a teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. I don't know which. And unlike movies, they didn't give you know they're not giving away everything. And I like that. Yeah, it definitely piques your curiosity. I'm like what the fuck? Like that's how I felt about Destiny coming out. Yeah. And then I realized, no, just the story was that shallow until the Taken King dropped. Tin King was a great storyline. Nathan Fillion made that shit. Hell yeah. Like everything that he's in. <laughs> that guy, oh god. I love seeing him in the same private Ryan. Even just seeing him in the same private Ryan, I was he like, was oh, the same private Ryan? He plays, um, uh, he plays the first Ryan that they meet. You know, they meet a Ryan and ends up oh, being the wrong yeah. guy. That's oh, Nathan wow. Fillion. Oh, god, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it just for that. <laughs> and I was watching it with Maria, and that part shows up, like, hey, who's that guy? And I, like, I knew who it was. She's like, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm like, close your eyes and listen to him. She's like, I still can't figure out. I'm like, that's Nathan Fillion. That's the dude from Firefly. And she's like, no way. He looks so young and so different because his hair's cut short and everything. I mean, he's got the army crew cut kind of thing. But, I mean, even in that, he plays the role so well. And it just kills me that he doesn't get nearly enough props. Just starring roles, period. Yeah. I mean, besides Castle, what's a starring role that he's had? Uh, well, Firefly and Serenity. Yeah. I'm excited to see him in the Marvel Universe. Oh. I mean, we talked about that, so <clears throat> that's fucking for um, sure. But no, I totally agree. To me, he's always like... I always thought John Leguizamo was a very underrated actor. He's... John Leguizamo, he's a hard person to put in a starring role. Because you almost want to see him acting with other people like he does his best work with other people um that's Spawn like, Carlito's way yeah uh he was the guy that shot Harrison Ford and regarding Henry he had a part in Romeo and Juliet the remake he was Tybalt yep and it's the roles that he does get I believe are very I, I even like them in The Happening yeah uh someone else like that uh also coincidentally a Hispanic uh Louis Guzman yeah Another guy, though, doesn't need to be a starring character, though. He always makes me think of, he's like the Hispanic Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> he doesn't, 
to me though he doesn't have very good acting chops like he's kind of typecast into the role that he is of we need you know a kind of I don't want to say ghetto Hispanic person but street style person no and that's where if you want to see him being a very somewhat different role the Count of Monte Cristo Hmm. he played a really good uh he played the main character's man. Um, like, now I want to say servant, but not really a servant. It was basically the only friend he had. At I, one point, I've you know, he's, he said, I swore to protect you, and I will always do that, even if I must protect you from yourself. Nice. And I'm like, wow, that's like what a best friend should do for you. Yeah. Because you, you can't surround yourself by people like that are just going to tell you, yeah, that's a good idea. You need that person to be like, dude, this isn't you. I'll give you that. Um, the last one that I saw that, of course, I was hyped up for because I love the entire series is Kingdom Hearts. You know, I've, I love JRPGs. I've, um, my wife loves, she played Kingdom Hearts on her own, which I thought was very cool. Um, I, I hope they release a collection for PS4 because I will buy it in a heartbeat. I think they are. I hope they are because I would love to get caught up. I know I will never get caught up on the ones for like the Nintendo DS. Yeah, once, once they started doing like the card system... I didn't care for those. Like, yeah. you have to pick up cards. And it was a good stopgap in between uh, the main titles. But just give me fucking Kingdom Hearts 3. That's all I want right now. Yeah. Uh, there was... I think the coolest part was... Excuse me. Um, not to give you a spoiler or send a spoiler out for people that haven't played it. There's a part where they think Goofy dies. Really? And Mickey's there in, like, a all-black, you know cloak and shroud and everything and um, the main character grabs the keyblade and starts running towards the battle and Donald gets all <laughs> and he runs towards it and then you just see like Mickey's hand and he just balls up real fucking real hard and you know his brow furrows and I'm like Mickey Mouse just turned into a fucking badass and like you know he just pulls out his own keyblade and starts running towards the battle I was like holy shit they did the impossible. They made Mickey Mouse look tough for like 10 seconds. Um, of course, it turns out that Goofy's not dead, but it was it was a really... Because I thought he was dead, too. I was like, holy shit, they killed fucking Goofy. Wow. And it's, it's so cool to see them slide into these different Disney worlds because, I mean, that's the whole premise of the game. You're entering different Disney worlds and you're fighting alongside Disney characters. So, like, in the Jack Skellington one, A Nightmare Before Christmas... You're fighting pumpkins and, and, and shit like Boogie that. But, but you're, uh, the characters change depending on yeah, the world they have that like they're in. A, I think what main character's name is Sora. Yeah. And he has like a half like Halloween mask yep. face on or something. Played by Haley Joel Osment. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And like they, they visit the Tron world and they're there and um, like they have like the light <laughs> suits on. And it's just, it's it's genius how they how they mix it in. I, I really hope that they blend really well into the uh, the Pixar universe and stuff like that because if they could if they could do like Wreck-It Ralph and show up there and you know oh, God, all of a sudden you that. have 8-bit fights going on aren't they going to be bringing in Star Wars now? I think they're going to do that as well I mean if they break into the Marvel universe with this can you imagine? God I think this will be easily on par with um, the Marvel Legos in terms of the like just the openness and the amount of characters that you could use. If it, I just want it to be a fun game. Yeah. Because it's a button masher. It's not... It's not... <clears throat> okay, so it's Final Fantasy meets Disney. That's the whole premise of it. 
because you you run into Cloud and and uh, a lot of the characters Cypher from, from Final Fantasy. Yeah, VIII. You, you, you you run into a lot of those. Um, chocobos are running around at certain points, mm. and it's it's so cool to Moogles. see those two worlds just blending almost seamlessly. Yeah. Um, it's very Japanese esque. Well, so like I love Japanese RPG, so yeah, that's so I, I think that's one thing I love about my Vita. Um, it's a big RPG machine. But there's no uh, turn-based fight style. Mm-hmm. You see bad guys, you bust out the Keyblade, you run them down. Depending on the bad guys, you can use a different level Keyblade, what have you. And they're, you, you know, you're still boosting up like an RPG with you know your, your magic and and your abilities Over- and your strength, berserkers, all that stuff. Um, I think you still you still summon. Like in one of them, you summon the genie, and he shows up, and oh there's a whole cut God. sequence where he comes in, and now you've he just smiles. Because oh, I'm missing Robin Williams. But it's it's because I think this week was beauty. the anniversary of his death. Yeah, yeah. I think today's the the today or yeah, well, technically yesterday as we're recording this. Yeah, is this is when we actually had an episode, our Robin Williams episode. episode. So it's just it's so cool to see that stuff. Yeah. You also um, you can summon Simba shows up and. He steps out through the clouds like oh, Mufasa right. does, and I'm like, every cutscene is like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I think it'll always those type of games will always appeal to like the kid in us. Yeah, and it it. it you don't always need the uber serious games. And a lot of people are like didn't take it seriously because they're like, oh, it's a fucking Disney game, whatever. And then you play it, and it, the undertones are so serious and and uh, so meaningful. So. It's really cool to see that, and I want to talk about some video game stuff since oh, we're, yeah. we're in the video game world for a minute. Um, any games that you're looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Skyrim because I never played it on PS3. Uh, I like when games I did not get to pick up get re-released on PS4. Uh, Last of Us. That was I was so glad I missed that, only because I got to pick up a PS4, and they did polish the graphics. Not that it really needed it. It was already regarded as one of the most beautiful games on PS3. I could not hype that game up enough for you, and I'm I'm yeah. glad that I. There are certain things that I'll hype up for you that actually pay off. Yeah. Because there's nothing worse than you're like, you gotta check this out, you gotta check that, and then it's underwhelming to a person, and it's like. I always hate that. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that fucking game. That's sucks. why I was actually gonna buy you a PlayStation Plus gift card so you could uh, download this indie game I actually love called Don't Starve. I don't know why this game is like frustrates me to a level I don't easily articulate. But I love it. I have... Shut up. <laughs> Don't make me walk out here. Uh, I have it on my Vita. I have it on PS4. I just absolutely love it. It's... I've seen gameplay of it, and it looks like a fun game. Yeah. I was really gonna... I was gonna pick up a card just so you could get that. Because I was lucky enough, I crashed... Cashed in on it uh, when it was PlayStation Plus free game of the month. See, yeah, and, and, and then... But I, I don't went, do that enough. I don't hit up the PlayStation no. Network enough to see what's free. I almost feel like I need to like let you know. Although my my theme for my PlayStation Four right now is uh, Michelangelo's Adam, so huh. it's it's when Adam's touching God's finger, and it's it's just called Adam. So I was like, oh fuck that, download that bitch. Yeah. And I wish I could draw on little glasses on Adam, <laughs> just to be like, yeah, there we go. Pigway's hair. Aww. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, Maybe Frost's to- tips. <laughs> There's actually a joke uh, this week, I, or it was a cart comic I saw it on Facebook, and it was um, 
this ice demon said, uh, he's like, I have ba I'm back and I will, I'm going to rule the world now. Everyone will perish. Except for you with the frosted tips. And the guy goes, eh, just a fad, huh? <laughs> and the guy, and the two, his two buddies that were already there are now in case I shut up, Mark. <laughs> and I thought of you because I'm going to bust my chops about that. Uh, I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy XV, obviously, just because that game has been in development. That's probably been... I think that game's been in development for ten years. Final Fantasy is one of those things where once thirteen came out, it was such a let... You want to talk about a letdown let of a game? Yeah. Well, I, you you wanted to talk about that, right? Now we're on the topic of letdowns. Oh, right? yeah. Our, I said we're going to let go letdowns in all mediums. Okay, so comics, we did comics. movies, games, you So let's, let's jump to game. What was your biggest letdown game that you've ever played? I might uh, go Final Fantasy XIII because I was so, so excited for it. And Final Fantasy X was the last game I played before that. And it was such a beautiful and vibrant game. And then you then you jump to thirteen, and it's real desolate and, you know, everything's mechanic and dark. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like Final Fantasy. This feels like a steampunk game. The technology base didn't turn me off about it. I mean, I loved 7. In 7, you had cars, you had motorcycles, you yeah. had robots. Um, I did think it it was a terrible game. I, you didn't give a shit about any character. They were all so one-sided. Adam's a little bit puzzled because my uh, timer just kicked off uh, the light in our uh, recording in our, my living room. Um, this just got a little weird, folks. No, it's still plenty illuminated. My kitchen lights are on. You can't turn these, these back on? Or? Yeah, I can. Oh. You'd have to pause it because I'm going to be reaching over and I want to do the no, fuck okay. anything up. Um, that was a big letdown. Uh, and this one will probably... A lot of people are going to be like, what the fuck are you on when I say it? But Resident Evil 4 and 5, when they went to the more action-based, you get your guns from a vendor. I always like the, you found it, you found the gun in the locker, or you found it, you took it off a dead body, scavenging. To me, that's survival horror. Um... Silent Hill, you don't ever fucking find somebody selling you guns in Silent Hill. Oh. Um, so to me, that took away a lot of the survival horror feel. Now I'm just looking for bullets. And I think from the vendors, you can even buy bullets. Yeah. And I went back with six. And I know, here's I'm, I'm probably, this is the opposite. I didn't think six was a letdown at all. I thought at least it gave you no. a no. handful for every playing style. The people who like the action, they got the running gun. You got the more uh, finding weapons with Leon's story. So that and, that would and be. You, you definitely still got some of the horror aspects and some jump scares, especially when you got to play as uh, Ava. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, I hate the ti quick time events. Yeah. Um, another letdown for me was probably Drive Club, just because at that point I was looking. I enjoy a good driving game. I've always been more of an arcade person versus simulator. I like the Gran Turismo series, but. I like being able to just quick pick up, maybe swap out some few parts. Um, Need for Speed Underground for me was always. Tokyo Extreme Racing is the best. Oh, I love Tokyo Extreme Racing, but even that I felt like stumbled a little bit. If they brought that back, I'd be really happy. Yeah, because I I just like the fact of you're just in the streets. Yeah, you flash your headlights to race somebody. Yeah, it it felt like you were legit. Yeah, I mean, imagine. Driving around. I mean, imagine what you could do with the graphics engine in the PS4 now, and I mean, I'm not a fan of it, but even Xbox One, um, what you could do driving through these cities like Tokyo or you know Japan. 
I know Tokyo is Japan, but <laughs> shut up. I don't want But like imagine if they did that in like um like Germany. Like you're you're driving around German cars and you know, you're on the Autobahn just zooming and you yeah. still have to try to race somebody. Yeah. Uh let's see. Other big letdowns. Um I got I bought a game for PS three that I kinda bought on a whim. And it's a fun game in theory. And then you play it and you're like, oh, this is kind of fucking lame. Was Naughty Bear. I don't even think Na- I know about it. Naughty Bear was like supposed to be a... Uh, it's it, This was years before Ted. You're a teddy bear in a teddy, ber- teddy bear land. And it started with all the teddy bears are going to have a party and you're not fucking invited. So your character gets pissed off and he starts killing all the other teddy bears. But, like, you kill them with, like, you know, machetes and chainsaws and, like, fluff is coming out of them. And it's Not a really violent game, but it's it's got a funny, like, Teletubbies undertone to it. Now that you're describing it, I kind of vaguely remember it. I could let you borrow I mean, it's a funny game. It's a funny game to see. Like, you have to, you have to scare the other teddy bears first so you'd hide in the cabinet. They'd come find you and you'd bleh! They'd freak out and run away and now they're weakened so then you run up behind them and you know, slice their neck off or cut their head off. They're bear traps. An- another letdown for me, uh, Killzone Shadowfall. Okay. Um, I love the Killzone series. I love the gritty, more war is war. Even though it's futuristic, it still feels grounded. Um, you have all the processing power in the PS4, and it's just all the colors were like grays, blues, washed out. Even the areas where there was a lot of different colors, they only stuck to like a handful. And like you're on alien planets, or at least other planets that humanity has colonized or, you know, at least the Helgens, this separate branch of humanity now. And it's just like so... I was looking forward to like looking at their architecture, which is more gothic columns and uh, more renaissance-ish styling. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just everything's blocky and square, and just I was I understand they made it a launch game, so I, I'm sure I got one big, for you. What? <clears throat> Call of Duty Ghosts. God. You want to talk about a fucking letdown of a game? You lent me that when I was home, <laughs> off work, injured, or uh, recovering. Yeah, I played that once, and I was like, "Well, fuck this! I'm going back to Black Ops 2 now." Yeah. Shout out to you for. Uh, you and me for getting a, a game of Black Ops 2 and that was a lot of fun that to was, redo that. That was a lot of fun. I, uh, I miss those days. I forgot about how much I love just the simple because David and I we play uh, just like a just a custom game. That's what it is. A custom yeah. game. It's you and me versus nine computer bots. Bots. Uh, last time we played Hardcore it's just running and gunning. Like, you and me are on one team, and everyone else is on another team. And you want to talk about just pure fucking melee of shooting and stabbing and all kinds of shit. Launching grenades a football field <laughs> length and taking out six fucking bots. Hey, man. Fucking overachiever you. But the thing is, you and I have such <clears throat> distinct ways of playing. Yeah. Like, I'm more, let me just sit back and let these guys come to me, and you're just... Running and gun. Leroy Jenkins. Oh, I'm dead. Fuck you. Where were you? I'm like, I'm in the same place that I was in, in the start of this. Yeah. And it's. I'm just like trying to build up my score streak as quick as I can. 
Alright, so moving on from video games to movies. Now we're going to break this down in two ways. Letdowns in all movies in general and letdowns in superhero movies or comic book movies, period. Okay. So let's go with comic book movies and have your other ones in the background. Okay. Biggest letdown comic book movie wise to me that I was actually really excited for and it didn't cash in is Superman Returns. Okay. Superman Returns was the what the fuck did they do? They gave you emo Superman. And I give all credit to Brandon <clears throat> Routh. I think he played the What he was given. The Christopher Reeves Superman. Yeah. It was not his Superman. It was him playing the role of Christopher Reeves Superman. And I think he played that role well. The Superman doesn't throw a single punch in the entire movie. Um, I go, oh, it stopped charging. I got it to 67%. Are you full? I'm at 67, so I'm good. Okay. Thank you. No problem. So, I remember being in the theater like, punch? Punch something. That he goes to throw, I think he throws one punch. That's what you said, it's that, one punch. That Lex Luthor uh, blocks, because at that point he's all weakened. Yeah. And he gets launched all over the place. And I was like, wait, what? And it wasn't even Lex Luthor wearing his power armor suit that, like, puts him on par with Superman. And I still... We have yet to see that, have we? It was not the cast that that ruined that movie to me. Because I don't think Kate Bosworth did a bad job of of Lois Lane. She was trying to play... uh, Margot Kidder, but it didn't play off that well. Uh, I didn't like little Superboy running around throwing pianos at people. That was fucking whack. Um, and he fucking killed a guy, essentially. I mean, there's no way that guy's living through being a, having a grand piano thrown at him with a tattoo on the back of his head for God knows whatever reason. That's like Batman running over people with the Batmobile in the Arkham series. But it's just like what? What the or fuck actually, just happened? I I just I remember being very disappointed. The the flight looked cool. The costume. I don't know what people's problem is with Superman about. Let's mute his colors. You know he's supposed to be damn near just red, white, and blue essentially. Like he's supposed to be the all American superhero. Have his colors vibrant. I think the Christopher Reeves costume was awesome. Yeah, you when you're impervious to bullets and ballistic attacks in any way, shape, or form, it really doesn't matter if your suit is like bright yellow. You can draw all the attention you want. They're like, oh, we're gonna have a red and blue, but it's gonna be like a navy blue and like a burgundy red. Like, no, bright red and like a royal blue and just a popping yellow. Like it's. I did like the, I do like the Man of Steel costume. But again, have you seen it when they've added color to the movie? There's there's a YouTube video where they compare and contrast because um, Zack Snyder removes color in his movies, and they they did like a, they added color to it to make it more vibrant, and it looks so beautiful. Everyone's like, "Oh, it looks too cartoony." Not to me. To me, that's what you need. And if any, and I hate to be that guy to compare. DC and Marvel. I hate it because again, we're in the golden age of, of superhero movies, so I can't really complain. We're getting a lot of good shit one way or another. But I mean, look how awesome, and I'm not a Spider-Man fan, look how awesome Spider-Man looked in bright red and blue uh, spandex. 
you have he looks like a fucking superhero. Captain America looks great in red, white, and blue. Just, yeah. It pops on the screen. <clears throat> I did like that in Winter Soldier when he ditches the navy blue shield Captain America suit and goes back and gets his original. Yeah. I, th- I, I like how he's kept that, too. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he, again, he, trace, he stays true to who he is. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Winter Soldier costume looked fucking awesome. Yeah. But it's based off of the, the Super Soldier costume, which fits you know mm-hmm. it fits in in every way shape and form that's like his stealth uniform um and it plays off that way it's, he's not a darker guy it's just he needs that f- for that mission yeah so to me it was just <clears throat> it's dc missing its mark again but yeah superman returns is my letdown superhero movie i mean a lot of people have problems with green lantern but i'll, I'll still watch that shit it was entertaining yeah and if you read uh, first flight, it matches a, like almost to a T what happens in that book. So I can't be mad that they did the story the way they did. I don't like the fact that Parallax showed up, but everything leading up to Parallax is like Sinestro know, was spot on. Oh, def- Mark Strong played the fuck out of that. He role. stole that. He, they could bring him back anytime. And when he puts on that yellow ring, I was like, oh, sweet. Oh yeah. Even like they were, even I knew I'm like, oh man, they're jumping the fucking gun on this, but fuck, that looks awesome. The only thing I did not like was where the cir- the Green Lantern symbol changes. It just it's in the circle. It develops the Sinestro Core emblem. Yeah. There's still the yellow Green Lantern emblem. Yeah. So that was I'm like, man, you you've, you're going through the effort to change this costume. You couldn't just let that be absorbed back into the suit or dissolve. Either way, still look cool. Uh, what was your letdown superhero movie? Uh, letdown superhero movie. Uh, easily it was Spider-Man three. Oh yeah. Um, again, just because the portrayal of Venom was, it was as I'm watching it, it was such a cluster. I'm like, all right, why is Harry riding a fucking hoverboard, a, a true hoverboard, not this bullshit on wheels? But all it was was a hovering snowboard. Yeah. And then Sandman, probably one of the, you know. Well, most well-known original villains of Spider-Man is like a bit character. He didn't even need to be there. His entire grudge with Peter Parker was so terribly fabricated. I do like that he was the. Um, he wasn't really a bad guy. No, he was a, a desperate man. So, because he, people need to remember that Sandman eventually makes it onto the Avengers team. Yeah. So you have to make it seem like this guy has. <laughs> Redeemable yeah, qualities. redemptive qualities. Very good. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. Venom so. fucking killed me. I was at, I had never been so torn in my life and being so happy to see one of my favorite characters on the big screen and just such a bad job. When he was full-covered face Venom, he looked good. Yeah, he did. And, and they, they played... like they, The CGI for him looked great. They, made the they symbi- just didn't do it enough. They made the symbiote too animalistic off the jump. Yeah. It wasn't that sentient. It, it, I think it could have been moving on its own, but it didn't need to, when it was separated, to have the full mouth of fangs. Yeah. And it's, be all... I, I liked it I liked it as the goop that just went onto his arm. Yeah. And, like, that's the symbiote. Yeah. Um, later on in the series, the symbiote develops its own level of autonomy. It still needs a host, except for one mini-series where it kind of branched on its own. I even like. I even really liked 
the black costume rendition. Yeah. Like, it, I, like it still had the, the raised webbing on for it. For the movie, yeah, it was appropriate. Because what are you going to do? Just make it a black suit with the simple white spider? As much as the true fans would love it, you're going to have to do something else. You, I understand. And it's, it's because of the fact that when you do that, it's hard to convey movement. Yeah. I think the webbing could have had a more primal or jagged feel. Not so spot-on webbing quality. I, I can see why they did it. It's almost like the webbing's trying to... Uh, like, the symbiote <laughs> itself is trying to not shock Peter Parker into automatically conveying Rejecting evil. Him. Like, like, oh, look, at you know, I'm going to enhance every... I'm going to make your life better, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to enhance this, you know, to put it bluntly, a symbiotic relationship with yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it starts to make them dance around and uh, <laughs> I love, I love how it should have ended. Constant jabs at that. Yeah, of course. Okay, so, besides superhero movies. I got one more superhero movie. Oh, go ahead. The Punisher Warzone. <sighs> Only because I felt the first Punisher... <coughs> I'm sorry. The second Punisher movie... <laughs> did it so well. Thomas Jane, to me, will always be probably my personal favorite best Frank Castle. I, I really like John Bernthal's version. I, I mean, I love John Bernthal's version. But Thomas Jane, I think, could have pulled off that same role just as well. Bernthal, to me, um, I grew so tired of him being whiny in The Walking Dead that I think I still hold a little bit of a grudge against him for that. Now, you know, 90% of the cast in The Walking Dead is still from there from the first season have been whiny in one way, shape, or form through some part. Yeah, that, that, again, that's writing that's not him to me. No, uh, so I, can't I, do, be mad at him, I do think he plays the part well. Uh, easily the second season of Daredevil with him drew me in much more than the first season did. So, okay, so outside comic book realm, what was the movie that disappointed you? Uh, White Noise. Yes. I looked forward to it because Michael Keaton, he hadn't had too many big roles. He Jack, Jack Frost. Frost. Multiplicity was a great movie, though. Yeah, but I was like, oh, right, he's he's the anchor of this movie. He's the big name. I'm like, you know, to, you know, I always think Batman 89. And I was so looking forward to it. And in the mo- moment of the movie, I was entertained. Unt- and it until the credits rolled... And I started asking questions that they just left unanswered. Like, the three shadows that basically killed him. Spoiler alert, killed him. Yeah. And I'm like, well, who the fuck are these three supposed to be? <laughs> and I read a plot that they did cut was they were going to release, or they were going to name who those three spirits were. They're basically the three of the biggest demons that basically work for hell. Nice. Like, one I think was, I want to say Judas, but I don't think so. But there was a connotation or reason for why they were who they were that just it shouldn't to me it should not have been left on the cutting room floor so I have two um one is is two movies that I'm gonna lump together uh Matrix Matrix Reloaded and Revelations Revolution Revolution both those huge fucking disappointments because Matrix had me way the fuck up here. Matrix had everyone way the fuck and up And they there. just added more and more Zion, and I cared less and fucking less. I don't... The more and more Zion didn't bother me, but you need to balance the scale. 
Like, just all of a sudden, you know, you could have, I felt, had a big, awesome buildup of, I felt they should have taken those mech suits and, like, shown them breaching the Machine City. Not just flying and then crashing into it. There reminded like, me too on. much of Aliens. They should have embraced it. There were so many similarities. Don't be, you know, it's not ripping off. I mean, if if it's just similar. Yeah. Um, Predators, to me, is like that on one in kind of a vein. I really enjoyed Predators. Rodney the, did, too. But the whole, now you have two Predator species... You have the larger one with the slightly more rounded head, but more pronounced mandibles. And then you've got the traditional predator. I haven't seen it, so... Um, if, watch it. If you ever... I, I'm, I know I own it on DVD. I, I'm sure it'll be on. Or if you uh, can see it on... Watch it on Cody. Okay. Um, I think you, you'll be entertained. But, like, Lawrence Fishburne played an awesome character in that. And that's what I was. I initially heard afterwards they were going to do a prequel to explain how his character got there, and I was kind of looking forward to that. I mean, this guy, this man, single-handedly beat the predators that were hunting him at the time, and had managed to stay alive on this world, not knowing what's toxic, what he can eat to stay alive, how he obscures himself from the repeated hunter clans coming with fresh loads of humans, and obscure even to the point where he managed to steal the mask one of the fallen predators and their stealth technology to cloak himself and it's just now they're doing a predator sequel for that that I don't think has any of the original cast from predators uh, I think it's going to have a nod to the um, Schwarzenegger predator movie the first predator um, but that's about it so it's so like pissing me off I'm sorry to step on you. No, it's okay. And it's not... The movie wasn't a letdown to me, but just Hollywood's impatience. Prometheus was a very good movie. Yes. But because it didn't have the fucking alien running around... Yeah, everyone just everyone's like, uh, And then, oh, we only got, like, an alien creature for, like, the last, like, 15 seconds. Shut the fuck up. They told you this was not going to be a direct prequel. Yeah. This is establishing the universe, and you want... And I Everyone talks about how I they want it. these movies, then let them lay the groundwork. I love Prometheus. I think and, it's sorely underrated. And that's what, like, I kind of, like, it rubs me a little long way, like, with the prequel trilogy of Star Wars. Yes, we got tired of seeing the Senate bicker. We get tired... I mean, hell, we go to movies to be taken away from the mundane shit that we deal with on our lives. I don't want to see intergalactic politics. I don't mind it to a degree, but I don't need to hear about how there's now going to be a ch you know a vote of no confidence in Chancellor Valorum. I can't believe I can name that shit off the top of my head. <laughs> but I get you're setting up young Palpatine to show how he maneuvered. And I mean, at least give it to that. He played it masterfully like a chess game to build yeah. his power base. Because he was playing both sides again. Like, one way or another, doesn't, didn't matter which side was going to win, he was going to come out on top. And this was the waning years. I, I feel like George Lucas almost... I don't want to say he became desperate, but I feel like episode one could have been broken into a trilogy in and of itself. I feel like they should have given us a little bit of Palpatine being an underling for once instead of being the controller. Show him meant being taught a little bit by Plagueis. Or at least at the end of his tutelage as his apprentice before he kills him. 
I don't need to see how Plagueis managed to beat death. I understand you can't necessarily portray all that. But I feel like, give credit where it's due. It built the groundwork. So many people are so impatient, they just want the payoff. Yeah. You can't always do that. No, no, definitely not. I so, mean, it's, it's a prequel series for a reason. Yeah. It's and, like saying, you know, give me Lord of the Rings, but in one movie. Like, you can't do you, that. Yeah, and it's like, that was my... It's like the Hobbit stretching into three. I thought that was a little excessive yeah, because was, was, they padded the shit out of it. That was there a was cash so cow many, right there. Yeah, I mean, Legolas had no business being there. Um, real quick before I forget, the second movie that was a huge letdown was Queen of the Damned. Yeah. That because was like they I completely the, changed genres to make a it, sequel. It was so much hype behind it, especially because it was Aaliyah's final film. And, it and was she, looked, she looked great. Yeah. She looked great, and like the vampire Lestat, I thought was poor casting. But all in all, I was just like, I walked out of theater like, no, okay. Yeah, there's, and they introduced so many interesting characters in the interview with a vampire, and this is where I'm probably gonna take a lot of heat for jumping on this. My wife's a huge Twilight fan. She's watched it while I've been in the room reading, playing a game on my Vita, or just doing my own shit. There is one character I think his name is Laurent, and he is, I believe, more of a fr- he's a of French, possibly Creole descent. But his character is very interesting. Like, I was telling her, I'm like, does he go on to have a... I actually asked him, like, is he going to have a bigger role? And she's like, no, he actually gets killed. And I'm like, how did you... How... The author of this... How could you create a character this... Stephanie Myers. Yeah. I'm like, he was actually, like, a character that I... The scenes that he came in, I actually stopped what I was doing and actually was watching. I'm like... You know, this is a, I feel like, an underutilized character. I feel like he should have had more role of promise. Now, maybe it was the actor that portrayed him, but it was, he was really cool on the screen. Uh-huh. I, uh, <clears throat> I can't think of, <clears throat> like, what's your favorite vampire movie? Like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on. Uh, and, the and movie or the f- show? The movie. And that, that was movie, a, that that was movie a fun was movie. Awesome. That was a fun fucking movie. Oh, yeah. Very super 90s. Yeah, Paul Rubens. Yeah, Paul Rubens is the fucking underling. With the longest death sequence yeah. next to mm, Will Ferrell. Mm, mm. Even the guy who... Was it Dracula? Was that what they called... No, he, Lothos. Lothos. Even he... The guy he, from Blade Runner. Yeah. You're really pissing me off. It was just that tongue-in-cheek humor that sometimes I feel like we need a little more of. It's People, crazy that they made that into, into like, you watch the movie and you're like, so much stuff. you're like, wow, this is a TV series now? Like, I remember watching it and, like, Buffy's not nearly as airheady as she was in the movie and stuff. And but favorite vampire? Uh, I might go with The Lost Boys. I was going to say The Lost Boys. Keith Kiefer Southern really helped that movie along. Um, Blade... Oh, yeah, Blade. I do enjoy Blade. I mean, I enjoyed all the Blade series. Even, like, Blade Trinity, which a lot of people hate. I enjoyed the humor. I enjoyed Ryan Reynolds' which, character. Which is another reason why I wish Marvel would do that um, Union Jack. See, I don't know enough about Union... I know the basis of Union Jack, but I certainly don't know enough about right, it to be so an authority on it. Not to jump into UTJH, but quick comic cliff notes into Union Jack. Uh, it's he started as a World War II hero. And he was fighting alongside Captain America and Spitfire. And uh, he was fighting his uncle, or his brother, who was Baron Blood, who was a, ah. like the king vampire at the time. 
fast forward the the mantle of Union Jack went to his son and they you know the father died the son died and it was supposed to go on to his son but his son ended up being like sick and stuff like that and Union Jack's uh, the, the present Union Jack is like a dock worker's son that befriends this guy and he ends up taking on the mantle of Union Jack so he's fight, fighting vampires in London uh, obviously yeah, he's you Union won Jack. the uh, trade paperback I yeah. feel and uh, this the the sickly son ends up becoming a vampire and ends up becoming the new Baron Blood and it's it's a it'd be really cool if Marvel do, did that because it branched them as much as we talked about last time with uh, Doctor Strange now branching into the mystic side of things yeah, now you say. can have Union Jack branching into the horror side of things and you could have had that kind of breaching into that and I thought it I think it'd be absolutely brilliant you'd cover all your bases in the marvel universe you'd have horror action sci-fi uh mysticism the fantasy elements with thor and you'd have fucking everything this is where i hope with the mysticism and the almost there are many different dimensions type feel i wish all the studios would sit down and realize the sandbox is big enough for everyone and now let branch marvel yeah. ha- Follow Sony's lead. Let Marvel have creative control. Half of something is better than all of nothing. And you can, ha- you, like, with that, you could be like, in this alternate universe, there's mutants, and they're fighting, you know, their own little war. And you could now, now you could bring the X Men fold into it, uh, because a uh, Infinity War is supposed to have sixty-seven characters. And I'm racking my brain. I'm like, who the fuck are is is the sixty-seven? Like, I get. Okay, all the Avengers, you have Nick Fury, um, all the Guardians of the Galaxy, all that stuff, and I I think that all branches into like 40 people. Black Panther and all those, you get all that, and I'm like, where are the, these other 17, 27 some odd people going to th- be pulled from? But I think you're going to see characters like Yondu, um, people you might not necessarily be the ones you think of. Um, I don't, are you count Bucky in the... Yeah. Okay, so you've already counted Bucky. Um, I'm sure we're going to get a couple superheroes introduced with uh, the Black Panther movie. Obviously, you'll have him, T'Challa, which would be an excellent way to fold in Storm. Yep. Uh, as Is it's, she still the current queen of... Is uh, she still Wakanda? his wife? I don't know. I don't, like I said, I haven't been following yeah. comics as much. Everything I've been reading online makes it seem like she still is but I could be wrong. Um, but I really hope they just say, fuck it, let's run with it, bring in Daredevil from the TV universe. I, th- I think that's where they wanted to go originally. Yeah, but they've just recently said something that, like, the universe is acknowledging, like, the... Like, Jessica Jones, I know she was referencing the New York incident, they call it, and she admits she could something of the big green guy. Yeah. And because uh, when she's discussing her powers. Yeah. Um, why why can't we say Hulk? Everyone knows Miss Hulk. Is there? It's just it's just them doing a nice little no. subtle nod without actually like even um even Bruce Banner doesn't refer to the Hulk. Yeah. It's like the other guy, you know, the spit it guy. out the you know the big guy, the other guy, the green yeah. guy. He, he almost never mentions Hulk because I feel like which is 
an awesome writing job, whoever's doing it. It's almost like Bruce Banner's so ashamed of that other side of him that he doesn't even want to give him the name. I think Mark Ruffalo will be another, like, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. This He never had a bad career, but he was never this level. No. Like, the le- it was really funny. I think, what, oh God, it's a, it's a murder style. Um, Shutter Island? No, it's him, Robert Downey Jr., uh, a serial killer. The guy who always wrote letters to taunt the police and was never caught. Zodiac. Uh, Zodiac, yeah. I saw that. I was at a disc replay and I saw it. I was like, wait a minute, Robert Downey Jr. and Mark Ruffalo? And I was that put that on my list to buy because I'm like, I want to fucking a, watch that's this. A, you, you never seen Zodiac? No, I recorded on my old DVR, but It's not on Comcast, Netflix, is it? I don't think so. If it is, I need to look. I can't um, remember. Comcast it was had some before. hiccup that wiped out all of our DVRs. Fucking Comcast. I really am one of the few people that's never had many issues with them, honestly. Um... Uh, but big letdown for me, I can't... I'd be remiss to not mention Ghostbusters 2016. And it's not because it's all women. No. I, we've discussed this. Well, now you've heard that they're... They're talking about squashing the sequel. Yeah. Because it, it, it lost so much money. Yeah, I think there's still $70 million in the hole. And I just feel like... You, you fucking did a fox. You spit in the face of the fan base. You have to listen to your fans when... They've been clamoring for the project. You can't just throw them crap and expect them to gobble it up. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sorry. I was. I've started making. As I mentioned in, you know, on your on your show, I've started watching it in like 12 minute blocks, so I don't fucking get all pissed off and angry. But five minutes in, we've already got a poop joke. That's yeah. not Ghostbusters humor. No, it's. Ghostbusters. I mean, you can have crass humor like Ghostbusters too. When Egon goes, I'd like to run some gynecological tests on the mother. Well, who wouldn't? Yes. Well, even even in the first one, when, when Ray gets a fucking blowjob from a ghost. Yeah. It's something that you don't catch as a kid. No. That you watch now, you're like, holy fuck, you got a, you got a fucking mouth jibber from a ghost. That's fucking awesome. Mouth jibber. But besides that, like, Ghostbusters is all about soul humor. Like, did he just, did he just say that? Like, there's no, in your face, here's a fucking joke, take it. The third Ghostbusters movie would be always be to me the Ghostbusters game. It came out on PS3 and Xbox 360. Alright, so last medium. I want to talk about. Biggest letdown book. Biggest. A book that you either couldn't finish or you finished it, you're like, fine, whatever. Though that's a side, the end. Oh. Um. Mine has to be uh, Spiral from Koji Suzuki. So, The Ring is a trilogy. The book, The Ring. I guess you could say it's a quadrilogy. That the horror movie's based on? Yeah. Okay. I guess technically you could say it's a quadrilogy because it starts with Birthday. That came out later. Uh, Birthday, then Ring, then Loop, then Spiral. And the writing of it is actually very, very good. And it, it goes further and further away from horror and more into almost like a mystery whodunit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And by the time they got the spiral, I was like, you guys are just making up shit now. Like, like now, you know, Samara is... Well, by the end, you find out that Samara is actually a... Uh, uh, oh, fuck. What is it? Uh, when a person has both sexual anatomy. Hermaphrodite? Hermaphrodite. And if that, that's still the term. Yes. Well, they, they refer to it as a pseudo-hermaphroditic. Okay. So she has both parts that's why she ends up getting killed 
because mm. a guy tries raping her, finds out she has both parts, gets freaked the fuck out, and kills her ass. Double fuck you to that asshole. Yeah. So, you had that, and then you find out that later on, you know, the, the, she's producing asexually, and it's like, you know, the tape itself is 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 her offspring, and it turns into a whole God, fucking thing. That sounds thing. like, like a movie like Splice. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you had such a a basic premise. And the whole mystery of how they solve it, and like, you know, they break things down and build things back up. And, it, and it was, The Ring is a great, great book. And I'm not going to say all of them are bad, because they're not. Loop and Spiral are still great books, but it's just... By the time I was done with Spiral, I was like, okay, let me put that to the fucking side. I'm done with that shit for a while. So... To me, I think that was the biggest letdown in terms of story arcs. My letdown is a little... I've got a couple letdowns when it comes to books, so I'm going to start with the first. Uh, I picked up a book called Echo Rising, and on the Jack... Was the, it a, about the dolphin? No, it had nothing to do with the dolphin. <laughs> um, it, on the jacket, it said, it's the Matrix meets Game of Thrones. And it was just... I, I couldn't finish it. It's still in the backseat of my car. I lent it to one of the one of our buddies at work. I don't know if he finished it, but I just... I, I'm probably going to take it back to Half Price Books and trade it in because I just don't have any desire to read it. It's so convoluted and just meanders all the fuck over the place. Um, my other letdown is I get a little too invested in series. Aragon is one of my favorite series. The actor, or the actor, the author, has more material. I mean, there's plenty in the Aragon series that's left up unanswered. And he's working on something else now while he's still putting together his ideas. And I'm just, I hate it when authors are like, well, let me try this genre. Okay, that's fine, but you kind of should still be working on the shit that your fans made you what you are. So that's a little bit to me. That's maybe my own impetuousness. It's also the same thing to George R. R. Martin. You've been working on this book series since '96, and you're still having problems now in book six. And I thought I'm, book seven. He's on book seven now. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. I've, and the sad part is I've read them all. I'm. They're good books. I mean, I'm I'm almost done with book one. And I mean, it's fun to read. Uh, it's it's nice being able to put a face to the characters since I've seen the entire series now. See, I've started reading the uh, the original Sherlock Holmes, but I see oh, wow. Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock Holmes, so it's a little it's a little more concreteness to me. The uh, the Angels and Demons series. Oh, I love and all that. Like that, that gets hard to read after a while. See, I'm a big fan of like mixing myst like religion, slight nods like occult style things, or. You know, the temp Knights Templar. Yeah. The Illuminati. So I like, love those. Like, uh, theo theology meets mystery. Yeah, um, Angels and Demons to me was a far better book than, um, The Da Vinci Code. I, I got this book that a friend let me borrow, like, ten years ago. It's called Shadow Claw. It's, it's like, takes place in, like, the medieval period, and, um, it follows around, like, an apprentice for something and like I always get like 10 pages in I'm like never yeah. mind like it's it's such a heavy book I, just, I, I don't have the time to care another letdown uh, I remember my freshman year in high school we had to do uh, we, we had to pick a book and do like 
a group of you picked it, you read it, then each one of you took an aspect and you did like a group Like a book club? Thing. Yeah. Uh, it was called The Executioner. And it, it was, a, you know, kind of a horror book. Uh, a lot in the vein of I Know What You Did Last Summer. And in fact, the guy on the cover is standing in, sh- you know, in mist in a forest. Trench coatish style covering. And I think some sort of blade in one hand. It might have been a hook even. But it took like 13 chapters for the first person to eat it. Oh, fuck that. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I literally ripped this book shreds. And it was like, I think it was your personal reaction. And I literally stood in front of the class and was like, personal reaction. You have no idea how much I've been waiting for to get to this. And it was just so god-awful. And the ending was like, it's supposed to be a twist, but you had pretty much been, t- you know, sh- foreshadowing it the entire fucking book. And I'm just like, this piece of crap. There's a, there's a, a series that came out... I don't even know when the book was released, but it's a series called The City by an, uh, an Irish author named uh, Darren Shan. Hmm. And the first one's The Procession of the Dead, and then it goes onward. Um, great, great series. Great series. And I recommend it to anybody that's looking for a new series uh, to read. It's a fast read. If you ever get a chance, check it out. Uh, I used to have Procession of the Dead, I let somebody borrow it, and now it's gone forever. I hate that. Yeah, so if you get a chance, check that out. But uh, I'm uh, with my books, how I am with my video games. Hard I, copies? Oh, not necessarily hard copies. I don't mind soft cover. But no, I'm I, talking about like you, you want the actual book there, not oh, yeah, an e-book. I'm, yeah, so, yeah, physical copies. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I don't mind saying I live in an apartment. One of the biggest things I look forward to having a house is having book bookshelves and bookcases. Because I hated reading when I was younger, and I really hope my son doesn't inherit that from me. It took me a long time to get into books, but I hope, I hope he enjoys all mediums of entertainment. Oh yeah. And is not just video games and movies. I want him to be the type that will sit down and read a book. Yeah. So far, my kids are both interested in books, and I, I really like that. That's good. Sebastian's really big on. Uh, imagination and playing with toys. Sessie's now really starting to use her imagination. She pretends to be a pirate and uh, looks for buried treasure. She's like, come on, mateys. And, you know, she does stuff like that. And, like, none of us taught her that. She just that's did good. it on her that's own. That's really so. cool. I mean, that's really... Like, that... Stuff like that, like seeing my friends' children, it gives me some hope for the future because, oh, God, yeah. I don't have a lot of hope. <laughs> Alright, well... I, I think an hour and a half is good to cut yeah, it off. Yeah, we should probably cut it off. Uh, I probably should say what we were smoking, because I didn't even touch on oh, that. Oh, yeah. What you smoking? Uh, smoking uh, Tangier's, Tangier's Orange Soda, which, for anyone that's interested in cooking, uh, tastes identical to Orange Crush. Uh, personally, one of my probably favorite ones. I actually made a spontaneous order for this order, because it had been out of stock for months, and I had just placed a rather sizable tobacco order. And I saw this had gone in stock on another website, and I said, well, fuck it. I guess I'm making another order now. So. Nice. In my typical uh, Maya hookah that I brought to you, brought to your place. No, very, I very appreciate it. Oh, I'm happy to. I, I understand smoking's not good for you, but uh, I do love the social aspect that hookah is kind of based on, even its Middle Eastern roots. Yeah. You know? It's meant to inspire discussion works got a podcast out of it yeah (laughs) alright well you want to close it up 
Well, thank you all. I hope you everyone enjoyed the show. We uh, enjoyed doing it. I hope uh, maybe some of you guys are up there, out there, either hooking along with us, or at least uh, give us your thoughts on what we discussed. If there's something you want us to uh, bring up, I appreciated some of the feedback from some of the other members of the Disease Network. Yep, that was really impressive because honestly, I didn't think anyone was listening to this. Oh shit, they they love this shit. So thank you guys for uh, tuning into this bonus episode another impromptu thing that we did most of these hooking ups end up being impromptu because it's just you and i hanging out and all of a sudden we're like hey let's record something so, yeah all right well uh signing off from the firehouse works i'm david merkel thanks for uh smoking along with us and i'm adam flores stay hooking everybody <laughs>